0: I mean, I I love our fans. Our fans are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Shout out to you guys. You guys are fantastic. And the good
1: people at Wendy's.
0: And the good people at Wendy's give us that chili. Right, welcome in everybody to the important nonsense podcast. I am your host Steve Bonham. Joining me as always, my co-host Mr. Neil Smith. Neil, how you doing tonight?
1: Doing well. Doing well. Try not to spill any more things on myself or my console while we do this.
0: I mean, that is asking a lot of you, so and it
1: is. in fairness,
0: is. in fairness, it is. But uh, with a ton <laughs> of stuff to get to this week, we're just going to go right into the news. First and foremost, the Rams continue to spend some money. They locked up Todd Gurley to a four-year extension. I mean, I'm still not expecting his role to change a lot. I heard some news that like the backup was going to get more work this year. And because of that, you know, the touchdown regression, we all understand touchdown regression. But even with touchdown regression, he still should have a huge season. So if anything, it's just if you had him in a dynasty league, you're just doing backflips even further uh, from what you are. Yeah, we were that's getting. the note. That's the
1: reason for this is for you dynasty people out there, because, you know, now that the Rams seem to be solidifying things. He's not going anywhere for at least the near term.
0: Meanwhile, uh, Josh Gordon. Seeking extra counseling in the preseason. According to sources, he's not slipped up or failed any tests yet. This is just a proactive, uh, proactively seeking out help to make sure he doesn't fall off the wagon again. So uh, I was saying this is twofold. Number one, it's a reminder of how fragile the situation really is. I mean, you understand the risk you're taking when you pay the premium price to get Josh Gordon. But number two... To me, it shows me how seriously he's taken it this time. That he's not just goofing around and driving around high on coke in his Lamborghini. Uh, that he's actually taking it real serious this time. And uh, for for me, it actually gives me more confidence in uh, drafting Josh Gordon this season, not less. I
1: would agree with uh, with that. You know, know that you're playing with fire with that with that entire situation. And uh, the other thing is the one thing I'll say is, just reading some tea leaves from the various reports coming out of Cleveland, I believe that the biggest red flag you could see, because they did a weird thing today where they put him on the did-not-report list, and they said they were going to put him on a different list, but that's a minor right. thing. The big, the big thing is, if you see the Browns sign Des Bryant in the very near future, I would start getting curious about whether or not they're aware of some sort of Josh Gordon suspension. Because I don't think they're going to sign Des, but all of a sudden these reports coupled with this, it's just bad optics possibly too. Because you're super sensitive to any news surrounding Josh Gordon's ability to actually suit up on Sunday. But I, if if I see the Browns signing Des Bryant, I'm going to be that's an eyebrow raise to me. So
0: yeah, it makes just, sense. Something to watch for sure, and it it also could be an indication of how they feel about Corey Coleman too.
1: Yes. And it also could be, you know, they might be worried I've about seeing
0: him linked to them any to the Browns anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. He's got lots of they've got lots of reasons why they could do it too outside of the Josh Gordon thing. But it's just you know, for example, you've kind of just purchased a bunch of other receivers' rights as well. Right. And so you're kind of start a mash unit out there. So why not just throw one more body in and just see what I mean? <laughs> The game plan was clearly we're just going to go sign free agents, and stick them all out there, and yeah, it could be Corey Coleman, it could be maybe right, we're worried to, about. To your
0: point, they've yeah. got Coleman, Gordon, Landry, and Njoku as pass catchers, plus really another slot receiver in Duke Johnson. So, I mean, why do you, why would you need Dez unless something was going on with uh, Josh?
1: Yeah, it's just an eyebrow race. It's just something I'd be very curious about because. Yeah. Uh we're all very sensitive to the idea of Josh Gordon being suspended. He's just been suspended so many times. He can't. It's so hard to don't want to really trust it.
0: <laughs> meanwhile, uh meanwhile, according to Field Yates, the Chiefs running back Spencer Ware has restructured his deal. It's now 725,000 of his 1.45 million base salary has been converted into incentives. According to Fields, Ware has an extremely real shot at hitting all those incentives and making the full $1.45 million. This is a friendly reminder to people that last season, Spencer Ware was the RB2 that you wanted, and his injury in the preseason is the reason that Kareem Hunt skyrocketed. And with no Spencer Ware there, Kareem Hunt had the full workload. With Ware expected to be back this season at 100%, He's not going to get the same workload. Hunt, that is. He's not going to get the same workload that he was getting before. All the more reason I have him as a high-end RB2, as opposed to the uh, the top 10 overall player he's currently going as.
1: Right. So not to throw even more cold water at that. Now, what you'll get, I'm sure, from this is uh, the counter-programming of, ah, but you see, he won't have to do everything, so he'll be fresher. And he'll be more likely to hit those explosive plays that I was feasting on last year. And I'll go back to the one really useful thing the running backs reminded us of at the fantasy convention when they got to talk was a lot of guys are dependent on game flow. Do we have any yep. sample on what Kareem Hunt looks like in a in a in a split system, really? I mean, not there's not much of a sample size to begin with. So it's I agree with with your note. It's just that's the backlash. That's the conversation people are gonna have is okay, well, Maybe it's that. I still, I don't want to take a flyer for that high of a price in the top 10 on a guy that, I mean, maybe he will be fresher, but small sample size, not that great down the stretch last year. I'm, I'm siding with you on this one.
0: Yeah, it's not like, I mean, I, I can't say for sure. I haven't gone through the, all the game film, you know what I mean? But I can't remember a time when I was like, wow, we're, we're in the fourth quarter. Why is Kareem Hunt so gassed? You know what I mean? Like, why Why is he so, like, out of energy and dead? He's really, the production is dropped off here at the end of the game. Like, well, if only they could split carries with him so he'd be fresher. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's never a thought
0: yeah, on that. It's never more like worry the about ball. That. Yeah.
1: Because he's your home run hitter. He's your guy that anytime he touches the football, he can score. And that's right. the allure. Like, I get it. It's just, you know. It's a, a Spencer Ware, I've seen do goal line duty, too, by the way. Just yeah, FYI. That's, that's like, I've so seen so that over, the t- over time. If and you're looking
0: for a vulture. There.
1: Yeah, that's the guy who he'll fall. He'll get that one-yard little bunny touchdown after Kareem Hunt does all the work to get him down there.
0: Well, all right, Neil, it is time to uh, to finally get into our divisional breakdowns. So this week we are taking the AFC East and the AFC South both and putting them under the microscope. Under the microscope A microscope is an optical
1: instrument used to magnify objects Under the microscope Simple
0: as they are the microscope is no toy
1: Under the microscope into the
0: microscopic zone Under the microscope Still the greatest drop ever i just not, can't get over it. It's just so amazing, <laughs> lame genie. Lame, shout out every year, lame genie. Oh yeah, yep, every year. So good. Mandatory. That's in so the contract. Good. So uh, we start in the AFC East. The order they finished with the New England Patriots. For all the teams in the AFC East, it's going to be pretty simple because everybody has a bye week of Week 11. So just jot that down. Now all these players we're giving you here really. By the way, are that's be- bizarre.
1: Just want to throw that out there. That's bizarre. Not really. everybody. Do they do that a lot? I've they, never noticed yeah, that. They, they tend to do, do, do that? that a lot. Okay, where no, most
0: teams go. in a division have the same bye week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to throw this out here, the players that we're talking about the most, we're putting the most attention and focus on, are the ones that are being drafted currently and have been ranked in the consensus ranks. And then uh, there's also other players that you're going to want to take a look at. Flyers dynasty player. Uh, Players, sleepers, you know, rookies, people you want to keep an eye on names for the uh, waivers later in the year. But uh, the key here is like you don't have to know every single player in the NFL. The, no one expects you to know that. But the the general rule of thumb here is whenever you're going into your draft, whenever you're doing your prep and getting yourself ready, you want to know probably about the top two hundred guys, maybe two fifty. And you don't have to know everything about them. You don't have to know their entire backstory, you know, what their favorite color is, their favorite flavor of ice cream, their middle name, where they were born, where they went to high school. Like, you don't need to know all that about everybody. But you do need to have some sort of opinion on everybody. So that when it comes to you in the eighth round, and you're beyond the top 50 players that you researched, you're not looking at five different guys you've never heard of, and you're using your 90 seconds to frantically research. So what we're trying to do here is break down team by team and division by division, so that you guys all have a uh, an idea of everybody to form an opinion on everyone you're going to see come through the list in the uh, in the upcoming draft season here.
1: It also neatly lets us do the draft and free agency at the s- <laughs> at the oh, same time. Rolled into one. Yep, we get to do it all for you right here, nice and clean.
0: Well, so Steve, do you want
1: to just you want to just launch into QB? Yeah, you wanna yeah, just we're go going right, right into
0: it? into the Patriots in the AFC East, and of course Tom, terrific. He is uh, ranked forty seventh overall in the consensus, the number three QB. I've got him at QB one thirty nine overall. Not too crazy. He's Tom Brady at this. I mean, what what other analysis do you really need? You know, if you yeah, don't know I, Tom Brady at this point, I think fantasy football is maybe not the sport for you.
1: I don't see. I have him at four. I don't see why we're going to spend a whole lot of time on this topic. You might be a little worried about four blasphemy.
0: That's it. Let's do a forty-five minute breakdown of this.
1: Show's over. Uh, Yeah, it's. I mean, we don't really need to hit. Okay, weeks thirteen through sixteen, the last couple years, his production has dropped off slightly. I mean, that's not really groundbreaking. He's getting up there. Also, they start slowing it down for the playoffs because they're going to the playoffs by that point every year. They've already locked it. So it's just you know it's just something to be aware of. But it's I mean come on, we're not going to spend this talk this much time talking about Tom Brady. We might as well just launch yeah. And right again, if
0: that's something you're things, worried so. about, we talk about it every year. If that's something you're worried about halfway through the season, you can grab a hot QB off waivers that'll help you in those weeks. So yeah, then, you could
1: yeah. probably trade Tom Brady for like a huge king's ransom. The
0: that's biggest question mark here on uh, the Patriots, other than you know who are the nameless short white guys at wide receiver, is the running back carousel. Now, me personally, I have, uh, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, and James White all boom, 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 33, 34, and 35 in my ranks at running back because I, at this point you're picking a name out of a hat. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard the argument that, oh, you know, Sony Michelle's going to be the Deion Lewis replacement. And as we've we talked about in our extensive Deion Lewis conversation last week, Deion Lewis heading to Tennessee opens up a large amount of production in that offense. To me, just looking at the player, just looking at how they operate, I feel like Sony Michelle's going to fit more into the Mike Gillisley role, a guy that's going to be maybe a, a vulture in, near the, uh, the end zone, which, which does have its value. Don't get me wrong.
1: Mike Gillisley is still on the roster is more what that note means. People somehow, despite being completely useless last year, He's still on their roster for now. We'll see how that shakes out, but he's still right.
0: There. Yeah, and Jeremy Hill's also there. But again, like the, it's still preseason; where those guys could easily be cut. Gillisley wasn't active for most of last season, so like I'm just saying, RBs, the role so that they had last player. year, Sony Michelle, I feel like is going to slot into that more. The guy I want, if I want any of them, is Rex Burkhead. And, and right I now, this. Burkhead, uh, Michelle's going uh, sixty-five. In consensus, 27th running back. Uh, Burkhead, 89 overall, the 33rd running back. James White, 127 overall, the 46th running back. Now, like I said, I have Burkhead as a 77 overall, my RB33. Uh, so again, it's also RB33. I just have mine slightly higher, and I'm lower on Sony Michelle than the uh, the consensus ranks. Because again, first of all, rookie running back. Right, that that always scares me, and then you know the Belichick <laughs> system, and we're playing PPR here, and, yes. and I'd, I'd much rather have Burkhead or James White in, in PPR because I'm looking at catches. Where Sony Michelle's a guy that's just going to pound it through the uh, through the middle.
1: The I same course, reason I, reason I always Burkhead hated
0: Legarrette Blunt oh. in that system, right? You know, outside it's of right. the 18 touchdown season, I was always right on Legarrette Blunt being a poor investment. So.
1: I, I Especially, get, yeah.
0: Unless you're telling me Sony Michelle is going to come out and have an 18 touchdown season in his rookie year, I, I'm not really interested.
1: I agree with all of it. I have Sony Michelle. I'm down on Sony Michelle. Actually, have Rex Burkhead at my RB 30.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, So you're a little it, higher than me. I mean, a little.
1: I, it's mostly because of the PPR and because they've shown a willingness to just put him in there on third down and let him be the dump off guy. So I'm going to get some receiving touchdowns off of Rex Burkhead. And I'm probably going to get some rushing touchdowns off of Rex Burkhead. And he's a threat to, uh, break a big play. He's got pretty good speed. He's actually really perfect. I can see why they went and targeted him specifically because he's actually perfect for what they do. So I'm actually pretty good with it. And I'm, I'm always, I'm always down on James White because of the injuries and because it's the streakiest thing I've ever seen. Like it's ridiculous. Right. The, the reason that James White is even where he is because is he had that one, the huge stretch. It's just I'm I'm not really about it. So, I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be down on that. If you're following my yeah. ranks, you're not gonna be owning a lot of James White.
0: And then uh, wide receivers: Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Jordan Matthews. Hogan the highest ranked at 75 wide receiver, 33. Edelman wide receiver 39, about 13 spots lower. Matthews I'm not interested in the injury history, inconsistency in the offense. I mean, maybe you want to take a flyer late round just because of Patriots. But uh, Edelman, of course, serving out the four-game suspension, that helps Chris Hogan early season. I don't know how much of a role he'll actually have once uh, Edelman returns, though. I think Edelman's the guy I'd rather have. If I can get him at a discounted price and I can find someone to fill in for those first four weeks of the wide receivers, that's probably the guy I want the most.
1: I don't really want any of it be perfectly honest. I've got it all No, according.
0: neither do I, but I'm Consent, saying if I, don't I want had any, to choose, I don't want any that's the guy I'd if rather I, have.
1: Yeah, if I had to choose, I'll, I'll do what you're talking about because I know what Julian Edelman is when he's right and he's there. I'll figure out a solution for four games and I'll take Julian Edelman at a discount if I can do it. I don't really want anything else. And notice how we didn't even waste time talking about Malcolm Mitchell and the other ones. I mean, this is like your pickings. Yeah. So that,
0: Tight end, obviously. Gronk is Gronk. Is Dwayne Allen still on the team? I see you got Dwayne yes, Allen. Yes, he is. Dwayne Allen jump? is
1: still on the team. Yeah, that's he's just not your in yearly the top reminder. fifty
0: tight ends. So yeah, that's just I mean, your that's, yearly that, that reminder that, that Dwayne you right Allen there.
1: exists. There if you go. anything,
0: Dwayne Allen might be the one and only tight end handcuff. Uh, Quite if possibly. You've got the uh, the Gronk in the early rounds, and then you've got that locked down if he goes down with an injury.
1: Maybe Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. It's the only right. other one I can.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yep, and then the Pats D uh is the eleventh rated defense in all of fantasy football. So I mean that's the Patriots, no no big surprises there. <laughs> On to the Bills Mafia, which is just a a hashtag dumpster fire. Brian, yes. take that shot at your desk. Uh again, as I said, week eleven for everybody here. So the, the quarterback carousel is a mess. Uh you got AJ McCarron and Josh Allen both in the low three hundreds. Uh not startable even in a three quarterback league for either one of them. <laughs> So, not interested in either guy. Uh, You know, neither one is really going to emerge. I mean, we'll see what happens in the preseason. One of them obviously has to start. And uh we'll see what comes out of it. The only thing we know for sure is it's not Nathan Peterman. Other than that, we have no clue who's going to be the starting quarterback in Buffalo.
1: If it is Nathan Peterman, I will legitimately just probably... You'll have to, like, figure out how to call 911 for me. Because I'm going to need life alert. Like, it's... <laughs> I'm going to yeah. laugh so hard. I'm going to fall down and hurt myself.
0: Now, it means obviously, that. Uh, obviously this is oh. a, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. But the, I mean, this is a, this is a fantasy football podcast. So we're focusing on the fantasy aspect. of. Oh, it, that's what a fantasy of mine. Believe me.
1: Oh, it's now a fantasy of mine. I, it's, I have an actual fantasy about and it. I'm,
0: I'm bringing that up because we're moving on to running back. And, uh, of course the situation off the field, that's, you know, disgusting and all that with Lashawn McCoy. We'll see what comes of all that. And because of that hesitation, because of the, of the uncertainty of if, like Zeke last year, will they suspend him? Won't they? What's going to happen with him? How many games could he possibly miss? He's currently 42 overall, RB17. I've said it many times that other than maybe Charles Clay, LaShawn McCoy is the only ownable bill out there. I still have McCoy as RB9, because until they tell me otherwise, I'm going to assume he'll play all 16 games. And like I said, I got him at RB9, which is number 12 overall. So I'm a good 30 spots higher than the consensus. I still believe McCoy has some fight in him. Chris Ivory is there, 185 overall, RB62. He's been shooting up ADP with people trying to get in on him because if McCoy does miss time, Chris Ivory is going to be your main back there. But we've seen that story in Jacksonville. And even if it is Chris Ivory getting the full workload, I probably don't want that.
1: This whole situation just scares me. So I, I haven't dropped LaShawn McCoy in my ranks. I'm not quite as high as you are. Uh, but I am well above AD, you know, consensus ADP. But the whole thing that definitely freaks you out a little bit. You have you to. Have to I, it just can't not. I mean, it's a dis, it's a disturbing story. But it's also just, it, it for our purposes, is he going to play just becomes this whole... Rubik's cube, and I like Chris Ivory as a as a uh, handcuff potential, but I don't want him to be no. There's so many better options, especially this year with yeah. All like the I new said, I don't even know if shiny I want to a handcuff
0: like, because I feel like you could find someone off waivers better than Chris Ivory because we've seen feel Chris like Ivory get okay, the workload and it hasn't worked. So that's I, I just, And He's also an injury
1: risk. He's an injury risk. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I, it's yeah.
1: I mean at this point, especially if people are gonna be paying to have Chris Ivory, I'm all out. I'm I'm just done with that concept. So I would just at this point I'd say so far no usable bills.
0: Yeah, highest rated wide receiver. Calvin Benjamin, one hundred five overall, wide receiver forty five, so you got fat Calvin Benjamin, then you got Zay Jones, two seventy seven, wide receiver ninety two, Sir drops a lot. I don't want either one of those guys on my team. Not only because I don't trust them as players, but also because, as I already mentioned, the QB carousel, that we have no idea what's going to come out of that. I just can't trust either guy. Uh, Look, I love me some Charles Clay. Because who else are they going to give it to, really? But again,
1: as I I just just mentioned with the wide
0: receivers, he can have literally all the production in the offense – but if the quarterback play is awful how much can you trust it now i'm right now he's tight end 14 so i mean it's not like you're paying a pretty price for him he could potentially be drafted as your your lower end guy like he's 14 in the consensus ranks he's 12 in my ranks and he's going 22 in adp so you can have him for free off waivers at this point yep. and with the production he's given you uh, I had the stat last year where Charles Clay was a top five tight end in every game that he played last season. He was just injured so much that, you know, the total that he had was, uh he, he was like a below average, like 12 or 13, I think he finished the year as, tight end. So... That's what I'm saying. He right, but has you're not going to be counting on
1: him for 16 games. I mean, that's why he's being yeah. drafted where he is. That's the whole reason. That's the entire point.
0: Yeah, he has the talent, and he is their red zone threat. It's just, I mean, I can't trust the, the quarterbacks. And no, I can't and then, trust him.
1: You know, I'm building in that he's going to play, like, nine games, basically.
0: Right, and then the that's defense is just is. the Bills defense, which is not good. 25th overall, you don't want any part of that. No, Dolphins, no. speaking of not good at all, uh, you got Tannehill... Yeah. Real quick before you dive
1: in. Worst roster in football going into training camp?
0: Quite possibly. Uh, I, yeah, I think I, it might be. I mean, other than the Bills?
1: It's them and the Bills, and I you, you can't even take pot shots at the Browns anymore compared to some of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, you Great. got Tannehill, 28th rated quarterback. I don't want that, uh, even in a 2QB league. That's really sketchy. Um, Kenyon Drake at running back, currently 40 overall. RB sixteen. They signed Old Man Gore to be the uh, the backup, but it looks like Kalen Bilodeau is really emerging there as uh, potentially the uh, the scat back, the third down guy who might steal a lot of carries. And really, he could be this year's Kenyon Drake. Remember, we talked about this two years ago. We were talking about how J.J. had a breakout five games to finish all of the uh, the 2016 season. He was so hyped up coming into 2017. Then he ends up burning out, gets traded away to Philly. Kenyon Drake takes his job, and we're talking about Kenyon Drake having a great second half, and now he's going to have a huge year this year. I just feel like we're stuck in a deja vu loop here. (laughs) I I do not want Kenyon Drake this season. I don't know about you.
1: Uh, The price tag is too high, so that's, that's the real issue. I would be fine with having Kenyon Drake if I could get him later in the draft, but at RB16, 40 overall, I'm not paying that price tag.
0: For, yeah, right for, now for he a is guy. going at forty overall, but RB nineteen. So there's eighteen 19, heads, okay. but but still then, it, even then, so
1: but still he's going to have to share with Frank Gore because they're not going to just pick up Frank Gore and not play him. Like it's just he's going to play, and then he's going to they're going to be in some sort of weird timeshare that I don't know how that's going to work. And then Bellage is going to be out there as well because we've seen just the preliminary reports and everything saying that, I mean, that's he's a, they view him as a playmaker. So he's going to be out there on a roster devoid of playmakers.
0: Give me one second. He's back. He, you
1: missed me humming for a solid minute there. The <laughs> Elevated. Oh man, I, I enjoyed.
0: I would have been great. That would have made for a good podcast. I'll just leave that all in there. That's good. And then a wide receiver, you got Devontae Parker, who's a uh, eighty four overall wide receiver, thirty seven. Then Kenny Stills, the ghost of Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson, two ten overall, uh, number eighty wide receiver. I, I don't. I don't really want any of that either. It's just. It's partially not trusting Tannehill. With the part, the problem with Parker is he's always been boomer bust. He's always been injury prone, and oh, the biggest yeah. thing for me is when defenses were keen in last year on Jarvis Landry because they know who Jarvis Landry is. Devontae Parker couldn't do it in one on one. Now when he's the only guy you got to respect on the field, how can I possibly expect he's going to be able to get open and make plays? You can.
1: I, I'm right there with you. It's also it's the drops. And some of that is a function of being beat up. But, yeah, I, I want no part of Devontae Parker at that price tag. Uh, Kenny Stills I'm slightly more interested in, but it's because I know what that is. But even that price tag at 47, uh, 108 overall, wide receiver 47, I should say, 108 overall roughly. Uh, yeah, he's even going in,
0: in is, ADP, he's going 128 overall. Yeah, so uh, maybe maybe
1: I'd be so. interested in that.
0: I mean, it's a, maybe, it's a flyer is like your fifth wideout. It's a,
1: it's a it's that's what I mean, and so in that slot, if I'm going to do that, I kind of like having a big, big play guy. So if if you, that's how you like to do your roster construction, maybe that. But honestly, I'm not really super excited about it. And then there's Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson. One of those guys could be the new Jarvis Landry, like that part of the game that they have the, the that dude. So in PPR, maybe that would make sense. Yeah, the dip and dunk slot guy. Yeah. you can get that for free. But and, and if you're asking me to pick, I guess I want Albert Wilson. Mostly because I think Danny Amendola is going to get hurt because I've seen that movie too many times. No offense to Danny Amendola. He's a Yeah, Wilson warrior. currently
0: going undrafted like, wide receiver 85.
1: Yeah, so that's a waiver guy maybe. Like I could see Albert Wilson taking on his old job when he from Kansas City and just doing it in Miami where you run a three-yard out route over and over again.
0: Right, and yeah, and, and I'm with you there. Massive. He's a guy worth a flyer for sure.
1: So that's a flyer. Danny Amendola maybe, but that, again, I don't like knowing nope, Danny Amendola. I'm nope. not a big Danny Amendola guy because he gets hurt and – It's just one of those things. I could be wrong. Maybe that's the guy that takes the job, but there's there's an opportunity there. So far, if you're asking me what we've been through that I'm actually interested in, like properly, Kalen Balaj.
0: Yep, that's it. And then you got Mike um, Gesicki, the 25th tight end, and then the Dolphins' terrible defense. So really.
1: So we're uh, recommending other maybe Kalen as a flyer, Kalen Balage, yeah, and maybe
0: Albert Albert Wilson, late round maybe. or off waivers. Off
1: waivers, yeah. That's really wow. And was,
0: otherwise, oof. no Dolphins. Yep.
1: Okay, so so far, those got to be the two worst rosters so far because it's you've got two guys on each team between the Bills and the Dolphins. That those four players total.
0: Well, I mean, you say situation. so far, but to be fair, we've only gone through three, and one of them was the Patriots. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. And then the next one's <laughs> gonna be the Jets, so this is gonna be interesting too. Maybe there'll be one more. But so far, yeah, we've got we're looking good.
0: <laughs> so we got the Jets, uh, QB Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, Sam Darnold. It's another carousel of disaster. Look, the Teddy Bridgewater thing is interesting because he's on a one-year deal. He never really got the shot in Minnesota because of the injuries. But if there's any one of these quarterbacks that I want, and again, respectively, they're going at uh QB, let me see, 31, 32, and 37 is where they're ranked. Uh In actual ADP, they're going at quarterback 38, 39, and Darnold at 31, and I would agree with that. If I'm going to take a flyer on somebody that late, uh it's going to be the young guy who could turn into the franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah, and really... I mean, Darnold is more to me a dynasty note than anything. I don't see how you with how deep quarterback is. I don't know that you really want to own that in some sort of redraft league. So,
0: right. I mean, like a, yeah, a keeper yeah, league, a dynasty exactly. league. Yeah, Great Sam point. Darnold yep. makes
1: sense, but I'm not doing that in a redraft league.
0: Correct. Yes. Perfect. Uh, running back Isaiah Crowell, uh, Belil Powell, Elijah McGuire. Those are the guys you got to keep in mind. There. Powell is currently going. Do you? At Running back fifty eight, Maguire at sixty eight, Crowell at thirty eight. So there you are, they're they're like twenty and ten apart there. So, I mean, yeah, those are the guys you would know from the Jets, I should say. Yep, Be- because that's you, the right you order. Really too. don't care about them otherwise. Do does any of that interest you? Because we've seen Isaiah Crowell. If he fits into that Matt Forte role, I guess. But pe- that what what made. That role so great for Matt Forte was the pass catching, and that's not really Crowell's game, is it?
1: Not the way I know. Crowell, no. from what I've always watched in Cleveland, was the bigger guy who they would just give the ball to, and he would just run uh, pretty much run forward. So I view him as that role in the Jets, and maybe they're going to see if right. uh, Powell is Powell the guy can built catch.
0: more like the Forte. But
1: yeah, so I'm wondering if they're going to see if uh, Powell can catch.
0: Because I'm wondering if that's It feels his job. like what they were doing was, you know, it was Forte or Powell, and they would run the ball first and second down, and then the guy would stay in as their third down guy. That's basically what it was. One guy always had the whole role, and they would just rotate drives. And now they brought in Crowell, who from his days in Cleveland had first and second down and goal line work, and then a third down back, which was Duke Johnson catching passes out of the back, which is Elijah Maguire. So I feel like they've kind of just wiped Powell completely out of the equation, and they, they're going to go with Crowell and Maguire as their tandem, and and Powell could be one of those guys that, that ends up being like a surprise preseason cut.
1: Oh, that would be fascinating. I don't know because it just Isaiah seems like Crowell they hate has a Belial Powell. Because if, oh, they, didn't, oh, no, if they, they didn't, if they didn't hate
0: Belial Powell, why do you sign Isaiah Crowell?
1: Well, no, they hated. They've hated him for a long time.
0: That's my the point. Re-
1: only, the only reason that he wasn't cut before was literal lack of bodies, and also he had a really good season uh, for once last year, and he put on. He did some stuff beyond what I've watched him do his entire career, which is run three yards forward and fall down. Uh, so we'll see if they want to get not win hand. with him, I, but here's the thing about Isaiah Crowell, that dude, because of the style of football, he plays sustains injuries. So he gets a broken yeah. hand or a broken finger, or he gets like his knee driven into. So that's why I think the other reason you might keep uh, Powell around right. is Isaiah Crowell has also proven that he is not the picture of health. So Good we might point. need another guy. But I'm not really interested in Elijah McGuire either. Are you?
0: No, I mean, not really, even a little like, bit. I yeah, said that last either. year. We talked about him yeah. last year as someone you might want to stash as a keeper. And I was like, why? You could have him for free yeah, next year in the draft. For free this season. It's, and there you yeah. go.
1: And you could have him for free probably after the draft, given where he's actually rated. So I'm not really interested in any of the running backs. And so I'd say we just, so far I'm interested in Sam Darnold and dynasty. And that's literally it from the and then Jets. In so. terms
0: of wide receiver, it goes Robbie Anderson at wide receiver 40 and then off a cliff to Quincy Anunua yeah. at 86, Jermaine Kurse 101. And then, uh, Terrell Pryor is actually going ADP at wide receiver 79, despite being the lowest ranked of all the guys. And at once I hate that I agree with the public so much. I really do. <laughs> I mean, I I love our fans. Our fans are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Shout out to you guys. You guys are fantastic. And That's the good right. people at Wendy's. Yeah, and the good people at Wendy's give us that chili. But uh the uh the Terrell Pryor thing is I'm I'm in agreement with after Robbie Anderson, who I mean, you can't argue with the results with Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I I would take yeah. a flyer on Robbie Anderson for Sure, uh, he's a total case, but I mean, he's out there. Wide out. Yeah. But I would also take a flyer on Terrell Pryor. Because why not? We've seen him produce. That's, okay. That's what I was going to say. The hype got so so huge last year that the price was too high to pay for what he could have been, and he was a disaster. So now, this year, like, it's the reverse. It's, there's no hype whatsoever, and, uh, he's rated really low, and I'd rather have Terrell Pryor than Quincy Anunma or Jermaine Curtis.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying that neither one of those guys won't have value at some point. But here's the thing. Quincy Anunua is not something I want to invest in. That's something that I'll pick up on the waiver wire when injury, the first wave of injuries, starts to happen. That's when you want Quincy Anunua because it's a next man up situation. So I'm not drafting that. Jermaine Curse we've seen have a role and have good games. and But that's the same thing as having Quincy Anunua. I'm going to wait on that until like the bye weeks and the injuries and stuff like that. That's a waiver ad. But I completely agree with the public and what you just said about Terrell Pryor. The hype train doesn't even exist anymore. And now I'm interested. Cause I'll, I'll take the, all that sweet upside for what, for free. And if I just, and you get, if you get nothing, you can just cut him. I mean, it's, you don't have to invest anything. It could be the last pick of your draft. You could even, I wouldn't recommend doing this necessarily, but you could even like take a defense and a kicker and Terrell Pryor is probably still sitting there for you. (laughs) Last bench spot. Like he's, so it's, it's pure upside. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's it's too it's too nice of a of a piece to uh, to just ignore completely like people seem to be doing. And then my one note is uh, don't forget that they also drafted our Darius Stewart and he was like a non-factor last year and don't draft our Darius Stewart. That's just one of those names to know for the waiver wire for later so that it's not a shock if you see him out on the field because he was great in college. And sometimes, you know, rookies struggle first year in, didn't really get an opportunity. I'm interested to see what, what that turns into, uh, but not something I would invest in heavily, just a name to know.
0: Tight end, it's Clive Wolford with ASJ leaving, and uh, he's ranked tight end 43. They they hate tight ends up there. We all know that. The Jets defense ranked 30th out of the 32 teams. You don't want them either. So once again, we're, we're basically ignoring those two positions as has been the theme in this entire division outside of the Pats. So, yep. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty rough. So, AFC yep. South. Now we, we have some decent teams here in the AFC South. So, hope, let's turn this around. Let's turn this around. Well, we got around. a couple of fun ones. So, we are, of course, starting with the Blake Bortles machine in the AFC South after the defending champions of the AFC South, your Jacksonville Jaguars. By week, in week nine, Bortles. 163 overall, QB 22, you know, I love me some Blake Bortles. I mean, at this point, it's common knowledge, right? Yes.
1: (laughs) We did cover this.
0: Look, like I said, after you get beyond, once you're into the third tier of quarterback, once you get beyond, I think it's like QB 8 or 9, really the difference between QB 8 or 9 and QB 22, which in the consensus ranks is Bortles, is like maybe a point and a half a game. I mean yeah. you're you're really splitting hairs. It's all about who you trust and honestly, the guy that I trust in fantasy to to give me the points I'm looking for is Blake Bortles out of out of that list because it's a lot of like flyers and wild cards and look, I have Bortles. I I know I'm crazy. Okay? You don't have to tell me. The consensus is 22, the public is drafting him at 25 and I have Bortles at 13. I know. Go ahead. Call me crazy.
1: I mean, I don't think I have to do it. I think we could just open a window. <laughs> do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's like I said, I'm higher on Bortles than everybody. I know that. It's just I buy into it. I do. The, just the system that Doug Marone has him using to basically keep the ball out of his hands, unless it's a situation I mean. that he knows he can succeed in which has been his problem his whole career because Gus Bradley just wanted him to chuck the ball around like crazy.
1: (laughs) Gus Bradley wanted him to be
0: Phil Rivers. He wanted him to be Brett Favre, and that's not who Blake Bortles is. Let him be a game manager and let him just rack up the points. Let him be Alex Smith. Let him be the dip and dunk guy who occasionally will take a shot downfield and let him just rack up those fantasy points for you.
1: It's funny you say that. I have Alex Smith at 13
0: and Booyah. the par- there you the go.
1: parallels the parallels to the game are uh are uh, pretty i mean the, the film is very similar so i could see the blake bortles uh hype train gaining some momentum i don't have blake bortles at 13 folks <laughs> down at like 20 but i will say there is some merit to to what you're saying i do trust that he's going to get me some sort of 14 as opposed to – and that's in a four-point passing touchdown kind of thing. In our league, in our Golden League, it would be more like a, a 20 than some of the other guys that are going down that low because it's just like, man, that's a – you really want to count on Teddy Bridgewater? You know what I mean? Because that's the kind of – you're not looking it's, – it's, it's not quite – he's not quite there. But you're looking at your split hairs, and it's a whole bunch of guys that all have warts. And I get how you could see the floor. And then there's a little bit of rushing that Blake Portals gives you. Yep. Like Alex Smith. You get a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to sit Smith here and just completely com, lambaste I mean, you. I'll let the
1: internet yeah, do that. Exactly. I'm just saying. Thank you. Thank you. I get of enough of that from
0: goal. other people. I don't need like, it from I'm you I'm not going to
1: lambaste you because I don't need to. I get what you're talking about. I understand. I'm not saying I completely agree. I'm saying I understand. But the biggest thing is uh, they're just going to limit his opportunities like you're saying. So, And then the, we'll get into the playmakers at wide receiver because there's a few guys there that merit discussing for a change. So it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a shot call though. This is I think our first big shot call of the season. Steve revealing he is. Who do you forward. think you are?
0: Get it. All right, Leonard Fournette, running backs. Uh, they've got him at 18 overall, top 10 running back. I've got him at running back seven, number 10 overall. Uh, is that is that a shot call again? Or I mean, like I'm not crazy high on it, eh, but I am no, higher than the consensus. I'm, I'm higher than the public young. too.
1: I'm closer where you are. <laughs> I've got him. I've got him around there. A uh, little and again, bit no lower more than you. No more Chris Ivory. He is
0: now been. in Buffalo. So uh, TJ Yeldon back to being the backup.
1: I think the offense is just going to run through Fournette. You know what I mean? They're going to try and do what they did right. last year. It's just we're just going to give him the ball, and there you go. And I like TJ Yeldon as a handcuff if you can get him in that area. Like, that's
0: fine. That's a On to that's the podge at, uh, at wide receivers here. Did you know Marquise Lee is a former Boletnikoff winner?
1: I believe I mentioned that to you from the Madden days. Every yeah. single
0: oh. chance yeah, really. that I, I Not aware. Interesting. Yeah. So Marquise Lee, the highest rated at 109 overall, the number 48 wide receiver. Currently, he's going at wide receiver 47, 124 overall. I don't know if that's because the public hates Marquise Lee like they did all last year when we just filled the waiver column with him every week, or if it's, you know, the He just the fact went up that, putting
1: up usable fantasy performances yeah, exactly. every week, just...
0: Week in and week out, he was the number one wide receiver, but give me that Alan Hearns. <laughs> uh, DeeDee Westbrook coming in at the next one with uh, 160 overall. Then they, of course, added Dante Moncrief. They still have Keelan Cole... They went out and drafted DJ Chark. I mean, it's just it's a hodgepodge of people there. The guy I want, no shock, though, is, is Marquise Lee. Yes. Yeah, I have him as a, my wide receiver of 30. So I'm yeah. way higher than the consensus and the public. I've got him at 76 overall. I'm 33 spots higher.
1: Yeah, I, have him, I have him down at like 35, but I'm still way higher than consensus because everybody again, hates Marquise a, Lee. They have yeah, his entire just, career, and they're always wrong. You're wrong every year,
0: and that may just be a uh, you know a factor in it, like just looking at the numbers. It seems like I'm projecting out the the Jags' offense to be better than everyone else because I have Fournette higher, I have Bortles higher, I have Lee higher. So it's like uh, it, it seems like I think the Jags are going to score more points a game than the, than the general consensus. Um, yeah, I think you know Westbrook is interesting. <laughs> Keelan Cole is interesting. Dante Moncriff is the least interesting because we know what that yeah, is, I don't wanna, I don't and I don't want, want any that. part of it. DJ Chark is very that. interesting for Dynasty. Yeah. I um, don't know how much
1: playing time he's going to get, especially early in the season, unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah,
0: because he's going to have to but, fight a lot of people to get in there. But it's a guy that, well, again, then, it, it, like, Dynasty for sure. Was putting
1: on a clinic out there towards the end of last season. So, I mean, i got to believe he's going to be playing.
0: Yeah, and Keelan Cole was a big fantasy playoff saver for people, down too. The so. very,
1: yeah, down the very end of the season, Keelan Cole emerged as well. So it's like, those three guys, I feel like that's going to be your main guys, and they're going to rotate Moncrief in, but I mean, unless Moncrief, unless one of those guys regresses, I don't know even how much playing time Moncrief is going to really get. You know,
0: spell and work. on top of all of that, they replaced the ghost of Mercedes Lewis with ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's going to get himself a yeah. chance here. He's ranked at tight end twenty. He's currently being drafted as tight end sixteen. If I can get him as a backup tight end, I, oh, I love that value for ASJ. Are you serious? Oh, give me that.
1: Yeah, I like him as the red zone threat when they get down close, when they can't pound it in. I have a feeling he's going to snag a couple touchdowns. So, I mean,
0: what's the stat on Mercedes Lewis? We say every single season. He's good <sighs> for can one we pour or one out two. For Mercedes Lewis, though, I'm so
1: sad. Like, He's good get for actually- one
0: or two, three touchdown games, right? I'm He'll have like six touchdowns games. a year, and it's from two different games. That's that's the Mercedes Lewis stat.
1: That is that from is absolutely every year. every season, and then he gets picked up on waivers for way too much fat budget. That's and every year. And it's not
0: year. for a lack of trying because Blake Bortles force feeds the tight end of the ball. The amount of drops he has in the end zone is always staggering. So if Safarian Jenkins gets the same opportunities Mercedes Lewis was having, oh, oh the value ASJ that could return. ASJ is a better return. athlete,
1: too. That's the other thing. ASJ is an even better athlete. Yeah. he's not old.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking to take a flyer on a tight end, that's a guy who you can get that's at a, a discounted one. price that could really turn into something good.
1: Yeah, is he and going, then like, of course, he, like uh, tight end 20?
0: Right now, he's going at tight end 16.
1: Okay, so there you go. He's being
0: drafted at 152 overall.
1: Yeah, that's a freebie. So,
0: so I mean, it's not quite free, but it's like in the low low rounds, back end back end of the draft.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at, like, filling out the back part of your roster, and if you don't get a quality tight end, I could think of way worse options than going with, like, ASJ and Charles Clay.
0: Right, exactly. And then there's no, like uh, would, no analysis needed for the defense, because Jags' defense, number one overall, there's nothing really to go through there. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Titans, their bye week is week eight. Marcus Mariota, and the puzzle that is, I mean... If his legs are right, he's right. And if they're not, his game struggles mightily. Uh, he's a lot like Russell Wilson in that regard. If he's not running the ball effectively, he doesn't really have value. And uh, that's going to be the biggest question mark for him is can they uh, use his legs to their advantage? Right now he's ranked 120, uh, QB 17. And ADP he's going at, uh, let me see, oh yeah, 120, QB 17. So he's right on with the consensus ranks. Look, I buy into what they are going to be able to do this year. I've got him as QB 14. He has a pretty light schedule. Uh, I think he's a decent guy to look at. Like I said, he has potential. It's just, it's a matter of his legs being there.
1: Yeah. I've got him. I've got him. uh, I believe I got him at 14. I tabbed away from that, but I believe I've got him at 14.
0: I'm a big proponent
1: of just, yeah, we're right in the same spot. And I believe in what the Titans are going to try and do, which is we're going to just try and run the ball down your throat. And then we're going to try and, you know, move Marcus Mariota around. It's just, you're you're absolutely spot on with, is he fully healed? And can he run? And will he be able to stay that way throughout a full NFL season? Can they get help from the offensive line? Can they get help from the offensive line that they weren't able to get last year? So I know that's like something yeah. they were working on trying to fix, and we'll see if they're if they have any success in that. But we're, you're right in that wheelhouse with Mariota, where we're talking about where everybody starts to get warts. You know what I mean? That's that's right where you are. So yep. it's and it's
0: then uh, not, we're gonna uh, skip right past running backs because we delved into that last week. And, yeah, uh, that Deion was the last week thing. Henry. We went way into it. Wide receiver Corey Davis, 61 overall, wide receiver 27, and Rashard Matthews, old reliable, 106, wide receiver 46. They also still have Tywan Taylor on the team, if anyone cares, but we don't. So uh, right now we've got Corey Davis going at wide receiver 26, which is right in line with the consensus. But Rashard Matthews going at 54, and I'm wondering why that is, because who else is getting the touches
1: Nah, I don't understand it at all. I've got Richard Matthews significantly. I'll, if that's how we're going to draft, you and I will own Rashard Matthews in one of us in just about every league.
0: Because look, I like, get that's, the that's, that's gonna I, I get the hype, but with the uh, the talent, the ability, the age, all that on Corey Davis, I really do. But like I said, consensus has him at twenty seven and Matthews at forty six. ADP has Davis at twenty six and Matthews at fifty four. I've got Davis at thirty eight and Matthews at 40, I have them really close because I think they're going to, at the end of the season, probably put up about the same numbers. And if I can have, if you're telling me I can have Richard Matthews for 30 picks later than Corey Davis for basically the same value, I mean, that's a no-brainer to get me some Rashard Matthews.
1: I, I compl- I've i got Richard Matthews even slightly higher than 40. I've got him at like 37. And yeah. he—he's—I mean,
0: where do you have Davis then?
1: I've got Davis lower. I've got Davis down at like forty-two. I'm not wow. really super sold on Davis because you hate Corey da- Davis. Da- wow. I do. I actually kind of hate Corey Davis, and I'm—I'm I'm willing to be wrong about it for a season to let him.
0: Well, now the time. audience needs to know where do you have Taiwan Taylor? No. I'm just oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: number five. No, <laughs> uh, <It's> my man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm way down on Corey Davis because Corey Davis to me is just – I got to see it now. I, I was right. I was all about it last year and then for what you could pay to get him. But now it's like, I mean, dude, be healthy for at least like eight games and show me some consistent production. Whereas Richard Matthews, that's exactly what I've always seen. A guy who shows up when he's, when he's healthy and when he's on the field and he's right. And he's usually – if he's not right, he's usually not on the field, which is unfortunate. But – that's the one, you know, kind of consideration with that. But when he's out there, they target him and his hands are amazing. Like he has really low drop percentages. He's he's a guy who's always been able to make a guy miss and can make it play uh down the field a little bit. I mean, he's got a little bit of red zone, not as much as you'd hope, but he's got, he can do some stuff in the red zone for you. I don't understand. Like I feel that to me feels like the hate train is on for richard Matthews. And like I said, when we started, I, I if that's how we're going to draft, then I will own Richard Matthews probably in a significant amount of leagues. You and I, every draft we're in together, we'll battle, basically.
0: Pushing through here to finish up the Titans. Delaney Walker is an easy one. You know, top six ranked uh tight end. I've got him, I think, five a little bit higher than that. Titans defense twenty fourth, you don't want that. But Delaney Walker's certainly a guy always gonna be in the tight end discussion. On to the Colts, who have the bye week in week nine. You got Andrew Luck who uh, they announced today is going to start in the first preseason game. So he's actually working out. He's throwing real footballs. It's amazing. Uh, Andrew Luck, 102 overall, number 12. That is how he's currently ranked. A lot of that might be people's trepidation to see if he was going to play or not. So the fact that he will be playing through the preseason, maybe that adjusts it. He was going QB 11, 98 overall in ADP. So you know maybe people are less hesitant. Maybe he moves up higher in the list. Like I said, I had him at 19. I was low on him just because I was uncertain. If I can see him in the preseason and see what he actually does, then that's going to change my rank there.
1: I have him inside the top 12, and he's going to stay there. I've ranked him as though he was going to play. this, So I might consider even adjusting. I love Andrew Luck, as you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the talent's always been there. The arm has always been there. The issue has been, can he stay on the field? And if you're telling me he'll be on the field, then, yeah, I'm probably going to move him up from 19 for sure. He's in that range, like I said, with Blake Bortles, of guys where it's kind of like you know pick a name out of a hat, and it's it it comes down to who do you trust. And you know when I was making my ranks, I couldn't trust him. But if I can see he's going to play in the preseason, then you know that that's going to change his value significantly. And as part of that, Jacoby Brissett is one of the more uh, polarizing players. He has the largest standard deviation amongst all drafted players. Uh, In some ranks, he's as high as the mid two forties. And in uh, others, he's as low as the mid-600s. So <laughs> it's it's the largest standard deviation of anybody in, uh, in all of fantasy football right now just because you don't know what his value would be. It all depends on luck. So now with luck playing, it's probably a non-factor. So at running back, Marlon Mack, 91 overall, uh, wide receiver 35. It was revealed that he was actually playing all of last year with a shoulder injury. So uh, that's interesting that he played through all that, And now no Frank Gore. So he's got a clean path. The question is, if he has the full workload, is that someone you're interested in?
1: If it is demonstrated to me that Marlon Mack is healthy and has – he won't get the full workload, but the lion's share of the workload, I would consider him as a kind of – depends on where he would be getting drafted at that point because I'd imagine he'd start moving up ADP-wise at that time. But if I could get him as some sort of flex, I think you could do worse.
0: Yeah, right now he's going at 84 overall, running back 33. Yeah, so you could, that's low kind of flex, flex territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flex. yeah,
1: so if you could get him as a low end flex and at that price, I think you, he could return value for you there.
0: Uh, Robert Turbin, don't want. Not interested.
1: Yeah, not interested.
0: Uh Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. By the way, before we the completely
1: move off it, Marlon Mack for you. Yes, no?
0: Uh yeah, I could see it. Uh okay. what scares what scares me more than uh than his health is the, the two guys I'm mentioning here is yes. Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, because it's possible that one or both of them eclipse him in this uh in this offense. And we'll see through the preseason how they're used, how they're utilized. That's one of the things I've got circled uh heading into the preseason to take a look at. Uh, for the Colts is, is how do they use them? W- who looks the best in the system? Who's picking it up the most? Because it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be between the two of them to see who gets the third down, carries, who sees the field more, and if something happens to Mac, who's the guy to step in? Both of them worth late uh, late round flyers if you can nab them.
1: Yeah, and their ADP will move as we get through the pre- preseason because right now they're going right. very very low. And if right
0: they're now gonna they're going at forty nine and fifty nine respectively, so right in the same range near the end of the draft.
1: But that's, that is definitely one of the big topics from the fantasy convention and definitely two names to know if you are just now getting to your prep. Two guys to know uh, that may have real serious roles very quickly here, uh, just right
0: out of the gate even. Yeah, you got T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver and then a barrage of terrible, terrible players after that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Grant, no. Chester Rogers, no. Dion Kane, a guy you've got listed here, right, as a sleeper, but that's more for Dynasty, correct?
1: Uh, yeah. And do you want my soundbite of on Chester Rogers?
0: Yeah, please.
1: Yeah, Chester Rogers sucks.
0: There you uh, go. Perfect. Th- <laughs> Nailed it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ryan Grant, no, for me as well. Seen that movie before? Hated that movie before. Uh, seen Chester Rogers play play, play football, and I've been blessed with the gift of sight. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dion Kane. Is one for Dynasty for sure. He's a guy they're very high on, and it's somebody that. Look at the other names we just listed. Yeah. I mean, it's T.Y. Exactly. Hill. Yeah,
0: he a has a path that makes. could play. I don't know if he'll play this year, but certainly down the road.
1: He is somebody that I definitely am interested in in Dynasty and Keeper, and he's also somebody that is a name I'm keeping in the back of my head for waivers, and when we start the season, at some point, I think they might just give him an opportunity to play. I'm also, inter- I'm also going to be interested to see how what he does in camp.
0: Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron at tight end. I'd much rather have Jack Doyle. We've seen Eric Ebron play in the past, especially with Andrew Luck playing. I think Jack Doyle has a significant role in this offense and is going to be a steal if you can get him at his current ADP of 117, tight end 11. So if you can get him in the back end of a starting tight end, I definitely want that. I, I still don't want any part of Ebron. The health scares me. Even if they're running two tight end sets, I don't buy into the hype there.
1: They will run two tight end sets. Eric Ebron has never been able to prove to me that he can actually catch. So I really don't want to spend more time on that. I completely agree on the Jack Doyle. Now that I know that it's going to be Andrew Luck, that's Andrew Luck's security blanket is Jack Doyle. You should hear Andrew Luck in the press conferences where it's just him and his weird kind of, well, you know, you got to get the ball to Jack Doyle. I mean, you know... Welcome to the Andrew Luck book club. Like that's literally, that's 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 not me doing that. That's actual like Andrew Luck uh, postgame sound. So it's, I'm way into Jack Doyle if Andrew Luck is actually going to be the guy throwing him the ball.
0: And then the defense unranked, unwanted. So we don't need any part of that. Texans, last but not least, bye week, week 10. Deshaun Watson, of course, there's not a lot to talk about here. Uh, consensus 55 overall, number four. I have him as my number three. ADP has him going number two. I believe you also have him as number two.
1: I do. Yeah, that's one so, of my crazy shot calls where I won't own him because that's not yeah, how I play the, fantasy football. Deshaun but.
0: Watson should have a good year. It, fully recovered. He's off the pup list. It, you know, he's going to be ready for training camp in preseason. He'll be out there. So I'm expecting another big season from him. Lamar Miller and Donta Foreman as the uh, the running back tandem there. Currently, Lamar Miller being drafted as RB27. He's going in flex territory. I have him at 23. Consensus has him at 23. So if you can get him in flex range, that's certainly a steal. He's going to get a good workload. They've improved the offensive line in the offseason. Dante Foreman, a guy we saw bursts of last season before he tore his ACL. So certainly the handcuff there at the very least, if not somebody that's like a, a Tariq Cohen type situation, and don't be surprised. With Lamar Miller getting older, it's possible that you could see him coming in and uh, and vulturing some drives and actually carving out a role and supplanting Lamar Miller at some point this season.
1: Well, I was going to ask you if you would consider owning both of them given their relative price tags, but you said a handcuff. So that pretty much answers that question. Um,
0: yeah, and I, I mean, and, for, and like I said, even if he's not a handcuff, for the price he's going at, Dante Foreman is worth the flyer to be your fourth or fifth running back as a guy that could turn into something later in the year. And uh, definitely, if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league, somebody you you certainly want to hold on to. Wide receiver, it's DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and nobody else. Uh, you know, Hopkins doesn't need much discussion. Fuller's your boomer bust guy who uh, who pretty much gives you all or nothing. You know what he is. He's perfect, absolutely spectacular in best ball leagues. But uh, I don't know if I really want to pay the price it's going to cost me to grab him in uh, – in a redraft league, consensus has him at wide receiver forty. I'm a Texan fan, and I have him at forty-four ADP. Currently, has him at sixty-nine overall, wide receiver twenty-nine. I'm not oh, paying I'm not, for him no. as a flex, so no, no. way too rich for my blood. I'll own zero percent of Will Fuller this season. Tight end is Ryan Griffin and steven Anderson. Please tell me if you can discern the difference, because I certainly cannot. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be the. You starter mean like visually,
1: there. or because of play style? Like, visually, I could probably little do it.
0: little from column A, little from column B. <laughs> uh, Ryan Griffin's probably going to be your starter there. I just don't know how much I actually want it.
1: I, I'm just, not interested in either of those until, yeah, like, bye weeks, injuries. Like, no thank you. We can Even then, roll, I mean, I got I Griffin past.
0: rated as number 32 in tight end. There's so many better options out there. I just don't want it. Texans is the number six defense is a uh, a good value for them. So that's certainly a team you want there. So there you go. Wrapped it all up. Pushed through the AFC East, the AFC South. We nailed it. Nailed it. So, uh, we will conclude the AFC next week with the North and the West. Do we have, uh, you have anything else you want to add, Neil, quickly before we, uh, we head off the airwaves here?
1: No, I think we're already running long. Uh, but, uh, all I'll say is Marquis Lee, former Bulitnikov winner.
0: Yeah, and Chester Rogers sucks. <laughs> so just remember that. Just keep that Good. in your now mind. If you both, remember, if you take on one air. thing away from this show, just remember that Chester Rogers sucks. Oh
1: man, he's gonna have one hell of a fantasy season.
0: Yep, this. exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna completely blow up now. So remember to uh, to take all your hate to us at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app, at nonsense underscore Steve on Twitter, at nonsense underscore Neil. Shout out to uh, to Aiden Ware for hitting us up on Twitter last week. We appreciate it, Aiden. We'll be we'll be talking oh, yeah. to you, man. thank you, Aiden. We'll, we'll talk to Aiden soon. But, uh, yeah, until next week, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri-Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on ImportantNonsense.com.